Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, joined alongside Kevin Cannon for our weekly show, NFL Big Five Games of the Week. Also used to be known as Herb's Locks of the Week, but after a disappointing 0-2 week last week, we're moving on from Tanner for our locksmith. I'd like to give a shout-out to him for, for some good picks over the past about year and a half. He gave us some good service in our first Year and year and change of the of the show. Uh, thank you, Tanner, for some of your winning picks, but this year just wasn't successful. So we've gone a different direction. We now have and two anonymous pickers. We have Johnny Locks giving us some picks for the spread, and we have Nick Nicky Wheels for uh, for for some Thursday night football player props each week. So going to be trying some new stuff here, along with our normal coverage of the five biggest games in the NFL this week. But uh, welcome back to the show, Kevin, and how are you? Good. I'm really upset by Tanner's picking recently. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a shame it had to end this way, but it's for, it's for the better. Tanner, I'm sure, will be on to bigger and better things. But so, so far this year, I'm 15 and 10 straight up. You're 15 and 10 straight up as well. Uh, we will, Tanner finishes his career at 3 and 11 this year. So we will be now keeping track of our three Thursday Night Football player props for Nick and our three uh, picks against the spread for Johnny. So we'll make sure to be start keeping tabs on those this week. Uh, last week, I went 4-1, and one and you went 4-1 and one as well. The only game I got wrong was Seahawks against the Rams, uh, and you got wrong the the Browns over the Charger, which both of those games were, were good games down to the stretch. So, all right, we'll get into this game's – Five games of the week. We started off with a primetime AFC showdown. Well, it's not in primetime, but these are two of the primetime teams in the AFC right now. And that's the 4-1 and Chargers at the 4-1 and Ravens for a 1 o'clock kickoff on CBS. Ravens are a 3.5-point favorite here. Or, excuse me, a 3-point favorite here. I'm going with the Ravens 34, Chargers 31. I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think each team will be able to take advantage of their strength against the opposing team. Baltimore will be able to run against the mediocre Chargers D, and I think Herbert will be able to throw the ball against the Baltimore secondary. I think the Ravens are going to control the clock with the run, and Lamar has now shown the ability that he's able to throw from the pocket consistently. I think Herbert's still going to have a great day, but the Ravens have a very aggressive style of D, and I think it might throw Herbert off a little bit. The game is also in Baltimore with an early kickoff, so I'm rolling with the Ravens. It was kind of hard to not pick the Ravens last week after that impressive comeback, but they did show some flaws in that one. Uh, And I think the Chargers are clicking right now and looking like the best team in the AFC alongside the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to go Chargers 33, Ravens 30. Can't really get a better matchup of young quarterbacks than this one. I think I heard earlier today that Later in the season, we'll get a Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen matchup, so that's another great matchup, but this will be a fun one to watch this weekend. Lamar was incredible Monday night, but in my opinion, Herbert's playing the best football out of any quarterback in the league right now. Traveling west to east is never easy for one one o'clock kickoff, so it makes me a little nervous, but the Chargers already did that earlier this season, uh, week one when they went to D.C. and got a win over the football team. Ravens were outplayed by the Colts. 
pretty much all night, and they got some some Lamar heroics down the stretch. They also had a blocks kick and a missed field goal to help aid them to that win. So they get a tougher opponent this week with the Chargers, and this Ravens defense just gave Carson Wentz one of the best games of his career. Uh, he had his career high for passing yards in this one. So I can only imagine what Justin Herbert's going to be able to do. Uh, this is a banged-up Ravens defense, not like some of the groups that we've seen in previous years. So I think the Chargers find a way to win a close one here. 33-30, I uh, like a lot of points in this matchup. Next game of the week, we got the 4-1 and Packers after that crazy game over the Bengals where they pulled it out late. Traveling to the Bears, who are 3-2 and two for an NFC North showdown. 1 o'clock kickoff on Fox. Packers are a 4.5-point favorite. I'm rolling with the Packers here, 31, Bears 20. Justin Fields is still learning a lot and has shown glimpses of what he can be in the future. I just don't think he's there yet, and he's going against one of the best quarterbacks of all time. The Packers' defense hasn't been stellar this year, but I just don't think Chicago is good enough to truly take advantage of that. In their last 10 matchups against the Bears, Rodgers, uh, the Bears have only won twice, and Rodgers is 20-5 and five in his career against Chicago with a 107 passer rating. I think the QB is QB play is too big of a difference for a good Chicago D to overcome. I agree with you here. I got the Packers winning by 13, 30 to 17. Uh, it's kind of like last year where here we go again with the Bears. It's looking like the second straight year of them being a bad team. Really had a really ugly game last week against a, a Raiders team that's starting to fall apart, as, as we've seen with the John Gruden scenario. They didn't look that good on the field last week. And then the week before, they had a pretty ugly win against the Lions. So here the Bears are sitting at 3-2. and two. Uh, They look like a team that's going to find their way to limp their way to around nine wins and be in the playoff picture at the end, but then go just get go to the playoffs and get dismantled like the Saints did last year. So hats off for them for finding ways to win about two years in a row now. Uh, but when they play the big boys, they typically get exposed. So despite winning those two games in a row, uh, Fields appears to just be settling in, not not really looking like the quarterback. Um that he's probably going to become one day. He's he's having those rookie mistakes, and, and he's not really being able to throw the football down the field that much. He's only averaging, I believe, five or six yards at attempt. Uh, only threw 111 yards last week and one touchdown against the Raiders. So the Bears want to keep up with the Packers in this one. They're going to need to be able to move the football. They have some explosive plays, but their offense just isn't there right now. So I think the Packers win this one comfortably, 30-17. to 17. Third game of the week, we got the 5-0 and Cardinals, the last undefeated team in the league still. At the Browns, three and two. This will be a four or five kickoff on Fox. Browns are a three-point home favorite here. I got the Browns, 31, Cardinals, 27. Two defenses that have um, been susceptible lately and not playing well, and both offenses are high-powered. I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will have a big day, and Baker will need to show that he's able to make some plays late in the game, which he hasn't really shown he's able to do yet. But I just don't see the Cardinals as a 6-0 team. And I think they're due for a little bit of a wake-up call. I'm rolling with the Browns here as well at home, given the Cardinals at first loss of the season, 24-20. to 20. Uh, Big news came out of Arizona today that center Rodney Hudson, who's been a difference maker on that offensive line for Arizona, will be out this week. So that's a big blow to their offense as well. Um, I had the Cardinals as a playoff team coming into this year, so that's looking pretty good. But I did not expect them to be – this good so far and get out to a 5-0 start. They kind of struggled last week against the 49ers in a low-scoring game, but still found a way to win. So that's a, a testament to a good team. Even when they're not on their A game, they found out a way to win against a divisional opponent. Uh, but the Browns' defense was looking great going into that game against the Chargers, and they let up 47 points to the Chargers. Uh, now they have to face an MVP candidate in Kyler Murray. So I'm, I'm interested to see in how this defense rebounds from that performance last week. 
Um, but however, the, the Browns are trying to keep pace in the AFC North with the Bengals looking like they could be for real. Uh, Steelers were able to get a win last week and hang around, and the Ravens are not 4-1. and one. So this is a big game for the Browns if they're going to try and compete for that AFC North title by the end of the year. Um, they have the Cardinals traveling towards the east to play a big game in front of the dog pound. So uh, I like the Browns' chances in this one. Cardinals are allowing 139 yards per game on the ground, which is fifth worst in the NFL. And this week they're going to have to deal with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. So I think the Browns hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season. Uh, close game, Browns 24, Cardinals 24. Fourth game of the week. This one's going to have a lot of eyes on it, a lot of discussion, I feel like, with the rest of this week leading up to it. And that's the 3-2 and two Raiders after John Gruden had just resigned earlier on Monday. Uh, we'll be playing at the Broncos 3-2, and two, 425 game on CBS. Broncos are a three-point favorite at home here. I'm going Broncos 24, Raiders 20. This might be the point in the season where the Raiders begin to unravel with losing their past two games and now the whole situation with Gruden. I think the Gruden uh, departure might have expedited this unraveling, but it was bound to happen at some point, I think. There's just so much going on in Las Vegas that doesn't involve football, and I just don't think they're going to be able to overcome that, especially this week. The Broncos' defense will be able to get pressure on Derek Carr, and a Raiders' offense has struggled as of late. I think Teddy Bridgewater will take care of the ball and do enough to give the Broncos a W. The game's also in mile high. I'm rolling with the Broncos here as well, 23-21. Two teams that started off 3-0, and and we're looking like uh, a lot of teams, a lot of people didn't have these two teams in the playoffs, and these teams were looking like some of the surprise teams in the NFL. Um, but now one of these teams is going to fall to 3-3, three and three, uh, barring a tie in this one, uh, and they're going to fall pretty far behind the Chargers, who are looking more and more dangerous in the AFC West right now. Um, Raiders appear to be in shambles now after the Gruden scenario. I don't see how they could – rebound this fast from that already this news came out on monday night so this team is getting a brand new head coach on their special team coordinators taking over uh basically on a tuesday uh, and they're gonna have to game plan for the rest of the week get ready to play um, there's a lot of things to figure out in, in las vegas right now and i just think it's going to be too much to overcome so uh if this was a neutral site game i think i would take the raiders more just because i like Derek Carr and the way that he's played uh, more consistently over the year than Teddy Bridgewater. But this is a game at the Broncos, always a tough place to play. Raiders have a lot of adversity. Uh, this is a, a must-win game for both teams. But I think the Broncos show up with their strong defense uh, that's only allowing 15.2 points per game, which is second best in the NFL this year. So give me the Broncos 23, Raiders 21, and a low-scoring battle. In our last game of the week, we had the Monday night where the 4-1 and Bills, who are just coming off a dismantling of the Kansas City Chiefs, will be traveling to Tennessee to play the 3-2 and two Titans. Uh, this will be on ESPN, 8-15 kickoff. Bills are a five-point favorite. I'm getting the Bills covering here, 30, Titans 24. The Bills are rolling. Josh Allen should be able to pick apart a terrible Tennessee defense. I think the only way Tennessee can win this game is if Derrick Henry rushes for over 200 yards and just has a great day and is able to keep Josh Allen off the field as much as possible. I don't see it happening because the Buffalo D has shown that they can stop top-tier offenses, so I'm rolling with the Bills here. I'm taking the Bills as well at home a little bit more comfortably, or excuse me, on the road, a little bit more comfortably than you. I have them 35-21 over the Titans. Buffalo comes into this game with one of the top rushing defenses in the league, allowing only 78.4 yards per game. That's good enough for top 10 in the NFL. Uh, and they're going to meet the league's leading rusher here in Derrick Henry. So something's got to get in this one. But the Bills' defense is playing great football uh, to go 
hand in hand with their high powered offense where Josh Allen is starting to look like he he might be earning the title of best quarterback in the league. So uh, the Titans have had issues protecting Ryan Tannehill all year and the Bills defensive line was causing issues for Mahomes last week. The Bills defense only blitzed once the whole night and they were able to drop a lot of guys in the coverage. Expect expect them to be able to stack the box here, uh, make Ryan Tannehill beat them. It's going to be interesting to see if Julio Jones comes back because the if they, these two receivers are on the field, they could give that Bills secondary some troubles as Tredavious White is really the only notable corner. So that's something to watch out for. Not sure his playing status this week. But Derrick Henry, I think, is going to have his worst game of the season as he's going against a Buffalo defense that's clicking right now. Uh, so I think the Bills are able to win comfortably because it's it's really the Derrick Henry show in Tennessee right now. And if he's not clicking, uh, the, the whole team kind of falls apart. So give me Bills 35, Titans 21. Uh, so now we'll go to our new picks guys uh, for the beef up front college or excuse me nfl big five games of the week these guys have been in my ear for for months now about getting some airtime so gonna give them their shot we got some thursday night football props from our man nick uh, his first prop is going to be over 24 and a half receiving yards for leonard fournette he says has hit in four out of five weeks uh, with the one week not hitting at only 24 yards playing time has increased gradually over the season Eagles defense gave up 33 receiving yards to Chuba Hubbard last week and Sam Darnold. So that's his first prop. Second prop, he's going over 19 and a half for Quez Watkins' longest reception. Um, Quez is averaging 20 and a half yards of catch this year. I believe that's second in the NFL. So it only makes sense, Nick says, for his longest reception to be at least 20 yards. The Bucs have also allowed five players to go over 100 yards receiving. And the Eagles are also going to be missing, missing Dallas Goddard to take away some targets. So he expects Quez Watkins to have a big catch in this one. Uh, and his third pr- player, he's going one and a half touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, passing touchdowns this week against the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football. He says Eagles are going to be throwing a lot against a run defense in Tampa Bay. That's one of the best in the league. And the Eagles, even when they haven't played good run defenses, have shown the inability to just even hand the football off. So expect Jalen Hurts to throw a lot in this one. Tampa Bay has let up two throw or two passing touchdowns to every quarterback they've faced this year. So what are your thoughts on those three props, Kevin? I like the Fournette one because, like you said, it's hit four out of the five weeks, and the one week it didn't hit, um, he still had 24 yards. I also like the Quez one because he seems like he's the only receiver on the Eagles who was able to force the ball downfield. I'm not um, that hot on the Hurts pick because you never know what you're going to get with Jalen Hurts, especially in his young career so far. Sometimes he looks really good and will throw two or three touchdowns, and then multiple games this year he has none. So I don't like that one that much. I do like this one because I think if the Eagles are going to be in this game, they're going to be throwing the ball, and we've seen all year so far that they don't really like to commit to the run game. So I expect a heavy dosage of Hurts in this one. But I do agree with what you said, especially once they get down into the red zone. We've seen he uses his legs a lot. So I do. I am a favorite, in favor of that one, though, but I am a little bit weary of it. I also like the Quez Watkins one. seems like he's good for one deep catch each game. Uh, the four net one I would actually stay away from because it seems like over the past few weeks, Giovanni Bernard has gotten more involved in that passing game, and he might try to take over that James White role for Tom Brady going forward. He missed the last game with an injury. So I expect him, if he's healthy this week, to be able to get back in the groove of that passing game and Fournette be uh, relegated more to a runner. And then we will go to our spreads, spread locks of the week from Johnny Locks. His first one is Packers minus four and a half. He goes, don't believe in Justin Fields yet. Aaron Rodgers is clearly back and here to win. Second pick, he goes Chargers plus three. 
Chargers currently number one seed in the AFC, and he thinks they're going to finish as a top two team in the AFC this year. Justin Herbert is having an MVP caliber season and is not slowing down anytime soon. I've just seen the Ravens defense this week. I think Chargers are a no-brainer. And his third lock of the week, he goes Cowboys minus four. The Cowboys offense is too powerful for the Patriots. They just have too many weapons for the Patriots to handle and not enough offensive firepower to keep up. So those are his locks of the week. I like the Packers minus four and a half against the Bears. I think that's not going to be a very close game. The Chargers-Ravens one, I would tend to stay away from. I have it as a push right now, and I could see it going either way. And I also like the Cowboys one a lot against the Pats because I think that won't be a very close game either. I'm I'm with you on that Packers game. Um, the Chargers game, I have the Chargers winning, so I like that one outright as well. Um, and then the Cowboys one I do like, but with that line only being sitting at either four or four and a half, depending where you're looking, I think that's a little little bit weird, especially with as well as the Cowboys have played this year and as poor as the Patriots have looked sometimes. That's kind of one of those uh, potential trap game lines, especially going on the road. And with as good as the Cowboys are playing, they could be in for a letdown. So uh, I really like those first two. The third one, I, I think it'll hit, but I, I'm a little bit weary of that one as well. Uh, but good luck to our, our new members uh, of the Beef Up Front family, uh, Johnny Locks and Nick, Nikki Parlay, so, or Nikki Propbet. But that'll do it for NFL Big Five Games of the Week, Week Six. Can't believe we're already uh, a, more than a quarter of the way down the season. But uh, we will be back next week, and good luck to our new uh, our new players on on the show.